0: Professional amateurs.
1: I'm so glad you
0: asked. I'll even tell him where, he lo- where I live. Like he can come and have dinner with me or something. Off the rails.
1: Hoping to make you look stupid. I want to be unbiased, but I'm not.
0: Shane Wright. Shane Wright.
1: Like how stupid can you be?
0: Sorry, rude. All right, uncut. In three, two, one, go. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 18 of Professional Amateurs. Uh, It is draft week coming up this weekend. Uh, The 2022 NHL entry draft is set to take place in Montreal on On Friday. That's not the weekend. It's on Friday. I'm
1: pretty sure it's Thursday. It's
0: not on Thursday. It is on Friday and Saturday. You want to check that? You want to check that there, draft expert? You want to check that there, draft expert?
1: I'm pretty sure.
0: This guy put together a mock draft.
1: Isn't it the 7th and the 8th? No, I don't think so. I'm pretty sure it's the 7th and the 8th. Fuck! <laughs> I was God, so it all
0: wrong. Why is it on a Thursday and a Friday? I was so confident that it was Friday, Saturday.
1: It made me nervous like how confident you were. You almost convinced me.
0: That, like, I, was... I, I would not have been so disrespectful if I'd have straight up been not that confident like if i was convinced it was friday i probably would have missed it then if we didn't just talk about this because i was so dead set on it being on friday
2: i totally thought it was friday too
0: okay maybe friday. that's why because me and ryan were talking today and like we were and both- this is why i'm the draft expert yeah, I okay would win the draft.
1: that's the only qualification i have <laughs>
0: um yeah okay so the draft is coming up the, at the end of this week uh thursday and friday july 7th 8th first is it the first round just the first round on thursday and then the last... yeah
1: first round thursday because they do like it's like three hours they bring the people on stage right um, and they rip through rounds two to seven because nobody gotcha. cares about them.
0: <laughs> um the nfl does it differently they do like round one and then rounds two and three and then four five six seven each on like separate days so i wasn't sure was so like, the rounds
1: two to three, like, actually go on stage?
0: I don't think so, but like, NFL draft picks are just a lot more relevant. No, they are one hundred percent. Everyone goes to the roster. So they make it a lot more uh, like television friendly because the NHL just rattles off names, similar to what we're about to do. No. Um, all right, so we got a little bit of a mock draft. Jack put one together. Um, me and Ryan observed, and uh, we're gonna talk about it. Um, yeah, it's, it's a pretty, I don't know. It's kind of a weird draft coming up. Like, it's got an exceptional status player. Um, it had a lot of hype, but it seems like in the last year and a half, uh, maybe even two years, ever since the 2023 draft started to take a lot of hype away. Like, it seems like the 2023 draft has taken a lot of the hype away from the 2022 draft. Um, I know COVID draft- too. Pardon?
1: COVID as well. Like, they weren't playing. Yeah.
0: So that's the thing: is a lot of these guys didn't play for a full calendar year. Um, so I think there there just hasn't been a lot of eyes on these players, and then combine that with the fact that next year is expected to be a super draft, which has kind of led us to a uh, an interesting draft to say the least. Because there's definitely some uh, franchise players to be had. I think here. Um, where do you guys want to start? Do you want to just want to like maybe? How how do we want to go about this draft preview podcast?
1: Isn't that what we were just in a
0: play? Yeah, it was what we were just talking about, but now I'm trying to avoid just reading the list off because that wouldn't be very fun to listen to. Um... Nobody listens anyway.
2: (laughs) All right.
1: (laughs) So we've got Um, to. No, like, I I do think it's going to be an interesting draft, and I think there's a lot of room for movement. Um, I know, like, as a Montreal fan, I'm obviously more. I hear more about them than maybe you guys do. Yep. There's a lot of talk that they're trying to bluff New Jersey into trading up
0: to take um, Slavkov. Take
1: Slavkovsky. Okay. Um.
0: Bob like Montreal. Gonna... Bob McKenzie had Slavkovsky number one on his thing on his draft on his mock draft. Yeah,
1: but Bob McKenzie doesn't do that himself. I, don't I know, know,
0: but your, but uh, the reason I bring that up is because apparently he hasn't gotten a number one pick wrong since like 2008.
1: Okay but the thing is he hasn't done it ever. he doesn't do predictions,
0: yeah, but yeah, but hard to
1: get a number one pick wrong,
0: yeah, that's what I'm saying so his his thing- his draft
1: I've is... also never got a number one pick wrong since like twenty thirteen <laughs> yeah, if you're wondering, well, so that's I'm when just, I started doing
0: this. I'm just saying like.
1: So what you're saying is if I get the number one pick right this year, I'm better than Bob McKenzie's 10 scout. That
0: is exactly what I'm saying, yes.
1: That's what I'm hearing.
0: So. I'm just saying, like, I'm not saying – because I know how Bob McKenzie makes his list. He ta- basically takes an aggregate from all everyone else's and take puts out an average. Um, I'm just saying, like, I read that he had Slavkovsky number one and he hasn't gotten a number one pick wrong in, like, Ten to fifteen years, which is neither of us.
1: So we're going head to head.
0: All right, there it is, Jack Fisher. But no, there uh, there is
1: the potential. Montreal is trying to bluff that and make that trade. Um, they're looking to get back in the top ten with a package around pick twenty six. Ottawa can trade down or out even the seventh pick. I like. I think this is going to be a very busy draft floor.
0: That'd um, be a pretty massive jump, eh? To go from twenty six into the top ten. Don't see for that sure. as often, especially if you don't have two first round picks. Like mm-hmm. obviously, number one. We do
1: they that, do have like future first as well, like Floridas and stuff. That's true. It will be kind of a okay. Let's throw to Ryan.
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, Ryan lost audio, so he explicitly said, Don't throw to me. So we're gonna throw it over to Ryan. Uh no, okay. Um, so getting- no, I I think. I don't know.
1: I, I feel like every trade deadline, every free agent frenzy is like, this is the one where it's going to be busy. So I don't want to yeah. maybe be falling for that hype again, but it feels yeah. like there's a lot in play here.
0: Yeah, it, it does feel like that, but uh, it's felt like that on a lot of these major NHL calendar events lately. So I guess we'll have to see, but getting into your mock draft, um, you've got Shane Wright at number one, Slavkovsky at number two. No surprises there unless you'd like to elaborate on those.
1: No, like I'll, I, could go, I could talk about them, but we don't really need to, I don't think.
0: And then, honestly, at three is where I kind of um, see the first surprise. You've got Simone Nemec at three uh, going to Arizona, and then Logan Cooley at four going to Seattle. Um, a lot of the mock drafts I've seen have had Cooley at three, and then either Nemec or Juracek going to Seattle at four. Um, so you want to go in on those two?
1: Just really high on Nemec, like it's nothing against Logan Cooley. I think he's going to be like a dynamic number two center and put up lots of points. Um, Arizona, they've got so many picks. They've got as many like lottery tickets as you can have in the Bedard draft. They're really loaded to add, and I think a safe pick with Nemec is a good idea. He's one of the youngest defensemen, and he's already dominating against men. Um, so you kind of can use the Compton Mord-Sider from Detroit right. where he put up those numbers in a hard-to-judge European league, but he put up great numbers as a kid against men. And I see that as a similar, not necessarily similar play style, but similar build-up in their junior lives in Europe and sort of the harder-to-judge leagues. And I think it's just a safe, stable pick for Arizona. And then I do think similar to how MLB teams have to allocate their money for drafts, they can kind of go safe with the first pick and take some risks later in the draft.
0: Right. And um, that
1: kind of just leaves Cooley as a default for number four. Like, you can't pass that up if you're Seattle. Mandy Benier is a one-two punch would be killer.
0: Logan Cooley, it's weird. When I, when I first, like, kind of heard his name, I kind of just, I don't know what it is. I don't, and maybe I saw, like, I don't know if I'd ever seen him play, but I, for some reason it just sounded like he was like a big center, um, but he's only five ten, so um, so definitely more of like a skill guy. Yeah, that'd be pretty wild. Like eh? a
1: cert, like a certified like hands on the hands team. He's got the puck skills.
0: Yeah, him and veneers down the middle would be. Uh, a and it's wicked...
1: always cool too when they can have like an American duo like that, in American city.
0: Yeah, especially when it, for a franchise trying to attract fans, mm-hmm. um, build up, having, up their identity. Yeah. For sure. Um, so moving on, uh, you've got Cutter Gocci- Cutter Gauthier at 5 to Philly. David Yurachek to uh, to Columbus at 6. And then another surprise, you've got Frank Nazar going to Ottawa at 7. And Brad Lambert makes an appearance in the top 10 going to Detroit at 8. Um, so 7 and 8, I know you definitely wanted to talk about and explain yourself on those because I-, I was a little shocked at those. Um, so... What's up with those picks? Yeah, I mean,
1: I can rattle through all four quick. Like Cutter Goche is just a big, like a big power forward. He fits like the Broad Street Bullies. I think he's just the perfect flyer. Yeah, would give stability to the Blue Jackets back end, similar to how, like Seth Jones did when for a little bit before, he kind of fell off a bit.
0: Columbus has a chance to have a really quick rebuild here.
1: They do. They've done a very good job for them. It'll be um, similar to Ottawa. It's the issue he's going to be keeping though.
0: Coming out of the rebuild, like you've they've stopped, they're stockpiling these draft picks and players. Uh, it'll be a matter of actually improving.
1: But yeah, Frank Nazar to Ottawa at seven, he's an absolute speed demon. Um, I believe one of, if not the fastest players in the draft. A lot of the mocks haven't gone more in the team, so it's a little bit of a stretch, but we know Ottawa's not afraid to do that. Um,
0: Ryan, is your audio working? I, yeah, it is okay. Yeah.
1: I think he's would be a great fit. He probably converts to a winger in the Ottawa system. Okay. Um, but you think about a guy like Drake Batherson, who has like wheels, um, playing with Timmy Stutzla. It would be just some and he's not just speed, like he'll get into the corners, get on the four check, and has the skills to finish. I think he would be a great complementary piece to that top six. Uh yeah,
2: that that was just my major question mark when i saw his name and then um you had him going to ottawa was the fact that he was a centerman with josh norris tim Stitzla and shane pinto now already in there um that was my biggest question but if you think there's a possibility of him moving to the wing has he played wing in the past or has he mostly been center so
1: he's been coming Are up he- with the u.s development team and he's played a bit of both um obviously those teams are loaded with guys so they kind of move around a lot
0: who are probably all centers and junior
1: yeah exactly everyone plays center when you're that skilled in like phantom whatever
2: yeah and then i think it's much easier to move to the wing
1: from exactly what i was just gonna say is i'm not i'm not worried about making someone a winger if they've already played center if anything that'll just unlock his speed more to be flying down the wings yeah, And he's got the IQ to fit in with, like, Stutzlo as well, I think.
0: Well, I know Ryan and I are hoping that they don't make that draft pick. However, um, yeah. So, Ryan, do you want to talk about that for a minute? or?
2: I mean, all I have to say on the matter is that apparently seven years for Fiala is too much.
0: Crazy, eh? Did you see that, Jack? Yeah. What's up? Apparently, uh, it wasn't the AAV for Fiala that uh, made the sense sort of, like, jump out of those talks. It was the years.
1: He's 25. You're yeah, that's what I turn. fucking
0: said. Yeah, he's 25 yep. years old and just had a career. And prove that's brutal. Yeah, it's um, like really tough. If,
2: if you're telling me that you gave up on that because of seven years on a 25-year-old, you better have one hell of a backup plan. Yeah. Like,
0: and I, a pair- I don't
2: know what he's planning, but...
0: Apparently, Arizona's looking to get back into the first round. Um, so, I don't know. I they have down. doubles
2: at the end, so that could be a, just a pick
1: trade too.
0: That or, uh, I don't know, Ottawa trade out. Clayton Keller come to the Sens. Not a big deal. Um, did you guys also see the, the BS rumor, that, or maybe not wasn't BS, but a team was asking for number seven just to take on Matt Murray's contract?
1: Yeah, that's... Yeah. Uh,
0: that's a little wild. If
1: if that was, like, an offer from Ottawa, I would do that in a heartbeat. I still... Oh my God. I got a soft spot for Matt Murray, and he's only got two years, two years left. I still believe in him.
0: Two years like, for a bad contract for his seventh overall pick. That's a no-brainer for anybody. And, like,
1: it's similar to the Marlowe contract that
2: Toronto paid a leap first to get rid of. Yeah. Yeah. It, it seems like Ottawa's more than willing to take 50% on that, too. So, it feels like they would not have to... Give too much of a sweetener on a three million dollar Matt Murray, but you know, oh, like
1: I said in the group chat, like a fourth round pick, a third round pick. I don't think it should be
0: more than that. And the, it, I think if it's fifty percent retained, yeah, I don't think you have to attach a sweetener. But uh, if not, it'd be like a super minor one. um But as for the Marlow comp, like that's even different too, because the sends don't like they're not they don't have to get rid of Murray. Like they're not in a cap crunch right now. No.
1: It'd be, a, it'd be like, a
0: luxury to save some money for them. Like it wouldn't be a matter of keeping a different player, like it was in Toronto with Marlowe. But
1: the one, and like the Colin one reason White to get... too,
2: just bottom out that helps with
1: real yeah, money, because he's so young.
2: Yeah. The the one thing that getting Murray, getting rid of Murray would help with with Ottawa for next year though is that they wouldn't have three goals.
1: But the thing is, if nobody's gonna take Murray on, you can just waive him. Like, That's it sucks, weird. but it's not like you're really losing too much value.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, they've done it before. Like, if they claim them, it'll be a favor.
0: Yeah. All right, moving on to eight. Uh, I was shocked by this. Um, Detroit, you've got uh, Detroit taking Brad Lambert eighth overall. And uh, if you'd have told me this two years ago, I'd have been, like, sure, because I'm pretty sure um, a couple of years ago this was looked at as a Shane Wright versus Brad Lambert draft. Yeah, like,
1: a couple of years ago, eight would be low for him.
0: Yeah, for sure. And, uh, his, his stock fell off a cliff. So I'm curious because I, all I've seen was that Brad Lambert's the kind of player, um, that a team would take when they have multiple first round picks, because it reduces the risk of taking a guy like that. Similar, not dissimilar to, uh, Atsurati going to the Islanders last year early in the second round. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm a little surprised at why you have him at eight.
1: So it's no secret. The Red Wings need a center, um, And I think Brad Lambert fits the bill. He's got the talent. It's been some consistency issues. He's been passed around the Liga in Finland. He's kind of struggled to carve out a spot there. Um, But they do love going over to Sweden and Finland to draft. And I think if there's an organization that can build up his confidence again and find what made him such a good prospect, it would be the Red Wings under the And it is a little bit of a stretch to take him at eight, I think. But I think it's a home run pick like swing for the fences type of thing. And I think Detroit's ready for that at this stage. Really? You
0: think think they have enough in place to start taking gambles in the top 10?
1: I think so. Like this, not with every pick, but it's similar, almost the opposite of like Arizona, like take a swing now and go safer later. It's a potential even at eight, like it could be a steal down two years down the road. Hmm. And I trust that organization to build them up. Um, Marco Casper is another name I looked at. That's kind of the opposite. If they want to center, he kind of does everything well, but nothing great. Yeah. So if they want to go safe, that's kind of the option I'm thinking. I debated between those two. Um, but no, like Yastrzemski's not afraid to stretch if you to get his guy, like he did with Cider. And I think if they can't trade down a little bit, then it's worth it the risk.
0: Right. Um. So at nine you've got Jonathan Maki going to Buffalo. At ten you've got Joaquin Kennel going to Anaheim, which is a little lower than I probably would have had him. Um, so that rounds out the top ten. Uh, if you for if, what it's
2: for what it's worth, those last two guys. If Ottawa makes the pick, I got them taking one of those
1: two. Yeah, Camel is honestly like I was trying to fit him into my top five. I'm I love. He's got a wicked really? shot, an NHL shot.
0: Kemmels, who I am attached to uh, in terms of if Ottawa drafts at seven, I want uh, Joaquin Kemmel.
1: Yeah. It would be uh, a great fit.
0: Unless one of the guys that, like, unless one of the two big D drop or something like that, like, I, I, I want Kemmel. Um,
1: I was trying to fit him in, and seven is definitely somewhere where I was debating for him. It kind of just came down to, at 10, it's, you can't let him fall any further. He's too good.
0: Yeah. Um, so that rounds up the top 10. I know you wanted to sort of skip along to uh, later in the draft so we can sort of go over more of the draft instead of going name by name. Where where, where was the next pick that you kind of wanted to
1: uh, – So I... Isaac Howard at 17.
0: Okay. To Nashville. Is the next
1: one I want to highlight. He is up there with Camel for the best shot in the draft. He's got an NHL release. He's almost kind of been under the radar with the U.S. development program. There's too many top forwards there. He's not as dynamic as a Logan Cooley, but he's got that release. He's gonna be ripping one timers on a power play one in a couple of years. Um, and I think like if you were to redraft this in five ten years, he's top ten talent.
0: Damn, high on Isaac uh, Howard.
1: I'm very high on him, and a lot have him going in the twenties even. He's probably my favorite prospect out of the draft, though.
0: So. Huh. That'd be uh, that'd be pretty big for Nashville to hit on a big first round pick, just because of their aging roster. Um, I'm just looking at the U.S. national team national team development program roster. It's disgusting this year. They've got so many guys like that are up for the draft this year. It's really mm-hmm. it, the USA is just taking over, eh?
1: They really are. It's. it's I mean. That would be a good offseason topic. I know we had that in like our initial drafts to talk about. Yeah. Back when you and I started it. But.
0: Um, so Isaac Howard at 17. Uh, where else did you want to hop in the draft? You've got uh, uh,
1: 26, we were going to talk about.
0: 26. Montreal takes Ivan Mirosh Nichenko. Nailed it. Um, that was
1: better when you did it in the prep.
0: No, it's not. No, I Nichenko. That's I. I got that in the. It just
1: rolled off the tongue better in the prep, I think.
0: All right, it's because I had to say his first name. Um, where's he from? Russia. Okay. Uh, so you've only got three Russians in the first round. Uh, one of which is already playing in the uh in North America. So that'll be interesting to see. Um, will you? Okay, so you were saying that Nichenko is a um. He he had his cancer, right? He has
1: yeah Hodgkin's lymphoma, I believe.
0: And so he was a top five talent before he was diagnosed. Correct. And
1: uh, before, I mean, he was already falling a bit because of the Russian factor. Right now, with like visas and everything, but
0: so you don't think top five? You don't think that having cancer and being coming out of Russia, given what's going on, is enough to kick him out of the first round? Or like you think he's? I
1: I truly don't think so. I think he's that talented. Um, Obviously, I'm no doctor, but I've read like Hodgkin's lymphoma is like 80% return to like to be perfectly fine, basically. Okay. Don't quote me on that number, but uh, everything I've heard is that like treatment's progressing well. Um, And if there's one thing we've learned recently with like Arizona taking the one kid in the fourth round that they had to renounce and Montreal taking Logan Mayu is the NHL teams are going to take value wherever they can. Right. Um, so for a team, I, I can't see him going out of the first round. If Montreal doesn't at 26, Arizona picks 27 and 31, or 32 rather, uh, and Buffalo picks 28 for multiple first round picks. I think he's too good for one of these three teams to not take a flyer up.
0: That's Buffalo's third first round pick at 28.
1: Yeah, and Arizona's second and third. Yeah interesting it's just it's a risk obviously but every pick has a risk and i think he's too good
0: to not that'll be him. that'll be one of those high risk high reward picks
1: 100
0: um oh wow um so we've got the other jack hughes at 28 going to buffalo that's interesting i don't really know anything about the player all i know is that i want new jersey to get him um I've seen, I've seen a mock draft that had him ranked around 37th, and I saw I know New Jersey has the 35th pick. Seems mm-hmm. perfect to me, but uh, New Jersey got to do whatever they can to get Jack Hughes onto their team um, and create a nice Hughes trio. And then trade him for that'd be
1: Quinn. On,
2: that'd be
0: and then trade the second Jack Hughes to Vancouver for Quinn. Um,
2: trade, this, trade the second overall pick.
0: Have you guys heard of the NBA trade that once fell through because a team thought it was getting a different player and they had two players? I the remember
1: team. hearing about that. I
0: forget what the teams were or who the player was, but basically there was a trade set up and two guys had the exact same name, like first and last, I'm pretty sure. And one team, the team like the team receiving the player thought they were getting the other version of the name. And so the trade fell through because of the miscommunication.
1: That was only so, a couple of years ago, I think.
0: Yeah, it was very recent. I can't remember the teams or the or the names, which is annoying because now that's going to bother me. But uh, hopefully that happens in the NHL. That'd be awesome. Um, we got the best name in the first. Oh, spoke too soon. We'll get to the best name at 32. Uh, Edmonton taking Luca Del beluz That's awesome. Winnipeg. My name in the draft. That's your favorite name. Yeah. I like Jagger Furcus. Yeah, I know Jagger in
1: real life.
0: What's that, Jack?
1: I know someone named Jaeger in real life, so it's like not as exciting.
0: I like Furcus though. Like it's just a, such a sick name. Ryan, do you like Luca Del Bell Blues or Jaeger Furcus?
2: They're both elite, but I'm going with Furcus all day long.
0: Rutger, such McGro- a good last name. Rutger McGrody at 20 is also awesome.
1: Who is good- another, since you brought him up? Okay. He's like a. Old school, like power forward grinder. I'm honestly, I'm very excited to see his career unfold. Like, old school, rough and tough.
0: It feels like
2: my talking points because I don't want to go too long. But some people are joking on Twitter that Ottawa's gonna reach for (laughs) him. That's a little trade up to get him.
0: Something about (laughs) having something about having the Mick G in your name just makes you an automatic grinder and fighter like think about all the players that have had mick and then g in their name and then that's funny uh and i know 31 you wanted to talk about tampa taking nathan go Ga- Gauch- gauche
1: yeah so i that's kind of a safe pick for them that's more so if they hold the pick uh, He probably maxes out at like a really quality third line center but i think they probably perfect, trade down 100 percent. that was my talk point of is that I'd, if i'm not mistaken they're missing their second, third and fourth this year.
0: Yeah, they're missing a lot
1: and we know how much they value lower picks like they we discussed previously the Hagel trade like they value the uh, analytics on draft pick value for expected wins. Yeah. So i fully expect them to trade down.
0: What other teams do you think might trade down? I think Toronto could trade down although they've been clinging onto that first round pick like it's a guaranteed star. I don't uh, think
1: Toronto will just because they value keeping it so highly in trades. That,
0: yeah, that's kind of what I meant. But they also have no picks. Like, they've got their own. They've got a third from Vancouver from the Travis Dermot trade, and then they're seventh. So they've got nothing. Um, maybe Edmonton trades down. I think they're missing a few picks. Uh, but other than that, there might not be much movement at the bottom of the draft. Uh, not that there ever really normally is, but it'll be interesting. Um you think we see an interesting draft day trade this year? No, no, I think it's going to be boring.
1: Well, I was talking. About, I think it's it's got a lot of potential for some movement. I think it'll be good.
0: Yeah, I, we need we need a prediction for which pick gets moved. Whoever gets closest wins.
1: Well, what do I win?
0: You can win bragging rights on the next week's pod. That's not <laughs> Actually, no, I won't say closest pick wins because then you just take fifteen and you're guaranteed to be like within distance within spitting distance of the pick. Um, well, I was just I was just
2: going out of this pick.
0: Oh, well, that's boring. Um, what pick do you think gets traded, Jack?
1: I would say the safest bet is 31 for Tampa to trade down. Okay. Uh, but like I talked about, like there's a potential New Jersey goes up to one. There's a potential New Jersey goes down.
2: So theirs is definitely the most interesting one. Hmm. What about fun trades though? If you were to see like one pick in the top in the first round move for a player, like an actual NHL player.
0: Can you repeat that?
2: What, yeah, if you. Could, I was if, sorry. If, I, I was. He reading. wasn't even done. Start
0: over. No, but he. What? I wasn't. Was I that? wasn't paying attention. I needed. I needed the first part of the question. It sounded important. That was unreal. <laughs> um, I was just Good saying, asshole. like,
2: <laughs> if there's if there's a single first round pick that you can see moving and. I'll, like, keep Ottawa's out of this conversation just for the sake of it. Um, for, like, an actual NHL player, who do you see, like, as most likely to move? Um,
0: that's a good I question. would
1: say maybe not most likely, but I know New Jersey's has been floated out there for a yeah. good help. Yeah. Um, one that I haven't necessarily heard rumors on, but I could see happening, is Seattle doing something stupid. <laughs>
0: Imagine if Seattle trades their fourth overall pick. Oh my that
1: god! You can't see so that fucking funny. budget-ass franchise doing that. Though.
0: Okay, my two—they're trying so hard to be Vegas. My my two highest priorities for total chaos to happen: I want Philly to trade their pick, and I want Seattle to trade their pick. Those are the two things oh that I want god. to happen. You imagine Philadelphia if Philly- will lose their mind. <laughs> Um yeah. as for a pick it'll it'll for be
1: for like fucking a fourth line grinder that fits towards system <laughs> it'll be for Matt Martin
0: <laughs> even though he's on their team it, it, they'll reacquire him. No get the, last you know, the islanders right term. You, oh no, you said Philly. I thought okay. The reason I thought you were talking about the islanders is because I was about to say I think the islanders trade their pick for like if I had to choose a team that goes and trades their first rounder for impact NHL talent, I think the islanders.
2: That would be such a mistake.
0: Oh, I know. I think the Islanders are gonna have a really bad offseason, like catastrophic because of an it's gonna
1: I don't think they make the playoffs next year. Like it's no, they're done.
0: They're they're cooked.
2: Yeah, they're done.
0: They're cooked. Look at their team. How is that team getting better?
2: A bad time. And (laughs) I don't think Lou will rebuild. They're gonna have and they can't they won't
1: they won't fucking fire Lou either. So they're gonna have to wait till he's done, and then they can pick someone to rebuild.
2: They're going to have some real shitty years. So
0: I think too. I think this offseason is going to make it worse because I think Lou is gonna be like, I'm eighty-eight years old or whatever the fuck I am <laughs> and I'm gonna go trade every young asset because I'm not gonna be be an the GM of the Islanders to see it go to shit. And he's gonna make some bad decisions just like he has over the last few years, but it didn't matter because Trotz was able to cover it up with his system. And now the Trotz isn't there. I don't even know who is. Did they hire their assistant Lane coach or something? Lambert. Was that there? Uh, he
1: was in Columbus, but he's basically been at Trotz's side for like 20 years. He's been okay. following Trotz around.
0: Okay. Yeah. Um. But I mean, oh, it's gonna be so bad. It's gonna be so funny. Um. Okay. Also, uh, another reason I'd like to see Philly trade their for or their first round pick for like some mediocre ass young player, um, is because Trotz is the head coach there, and I just think it's pure comedy when. Skill players play with Torts. <laughs> so if like, can you imagine if Cam goes... Atkinson
1: out of there? I feel so bad for him.
0: Oh man! I'm pretty yes. sure oh this is the God. third time
1: Torts is, or no, you... second time Torts has walled um...
0: Can you imagine if Philly goes and trades number five and whatever else they would need to for it. and then he comes into Torts' his system? And he's like five foot seven superstar sniper, and he's forcing. And he's going to be blocking shots. Playing the oh, penalty rip apart. on a thirteenth place team, like, <laughs> oh, it's going to be so good. Um. All right. So, anything else on the draft? Any more bold predictions?
1: I, I'm very confident Montreal is going to like do something crazy they're hosting the draft and they've waited two years to host it
0: what's your definition of crazy like going off the board at one or like trading no
1: like trading up or like someone like petrie or Josh anderson is going to get dealt like something
0: do you think they're the most likely team to trade up last last draft question unless ryan has anything who's who's the most likely team to trade up
1: i would say montreal i know they're going hard to get back in the top 10
0: ryan who do you think I I could honestly
2: see Arizona doing it.
0: Yeah, that was my like, too. I I know that
2: was just floated out today, but like they they seem like they're ready to be aggressive to get some like young talent. So, and they have the assets too. Yeah, exactly.
0: I would have to agree. Um okay, so let's move on from the draft. Uh takes place uh Thursday Friday as I was as I found out earlier. Um <laughs> there was a pretty big trade that went down. Was it days ago on a sun was it on sunday or month or yesterday i don't know it happened lately recently uh ryan mcdonough was traded to nashville in exchange for philip myers and i forget his first name mishmash Graham, i think graham Mishmash
2: grant i think it's yeah it's either grant or Graham.
0: grant i think it's grant Mishmash. Yeah. um he's like a 23 year old prospect
2: yeah. uh, university, university north, university of north dakota
0: huh? nice one ryan um <laughs> it was a bit of a salary or not bit of, it was a salary dump deal. Uh, frees up a ton of cap room. Uh, Tampa is apparently going to keep Phillip Myers. I, I don't think that's happening. Like, I feel like there's no way, uh, if you buy him out, you get $3 million in cap space for next season. And then I think it's 1.9 for the year after, because it goes from a 600 K credit in the 22, 23 season to a 600 K cap hit in the 23, 24 season. um, so you'd think it'd be a no-brainer but breeze boss said that they like his toolbox and they plan to use him and um, before
1: before like knowing that cap credit thing detail about his contract we did talk about how he is a good fit for their system like someone who they could get to put it together
0: uh, yeah that's fair so as soon as the trade happened i remember i said in the group chat like this could work like he's probably going to play on their third pairing with like a cow foot or something um but then as soon as i saw the buyout details i was like he's gone um but then very, very shortly after Julian Breezeball came out. Um, what do you guys thought? So all of the reaction has been on this for Tampa because obviously it's going to help with them bringing back Chernak, Sorelli, and Sergachev, who are all, I think, RFA after next year. Um, and they're all going to be like one or two years away from UFA because they're already on their bridge deals. Um, what are your guys' thoughts on this trade? All the reaction has been from Tampa's point of view because obviously, because it's Tampa, they always get the, the headlines now. Um, What are you guys' thoughts on this trade from Nashville's perspective?
1: It's a weird one to me because I don't – even though Nashville did have a decent year, I don't see them as a contending roster.
0: No. They're old.
1: Yeah, they're old, and it seems like Pecorino carried them for a while, and now Saros is carrying them and kind of hiding some bad areas of their team. Yep. Like, I – I mean, go for it if you want. I think they're going to just be stuck in the middle, like a bubble playoff team and not do, do damage. But
0: I would love the trade, to be honest, if Philip Forsberg weren't a UFA in like four days, five days, or eight days. I guess it's the 13th. The schedule super weird. Um, I just, I don't really understand it from Nashville's point of view, given that Philip Forsberg has a foot out the door right now. If Philip Forsberg comes back on an eight times nine or whatever the contract would be, I, I would assume that that's what it would be a ballpark of. Um, then I, I honestly really don't mind it because Ryan McDonough is still a really good player. Like it'll be a bad. Contract. He is.
1: I was. I actually had that in my notes watching some of the Tampa games that like he feels like he's not worth it, but he really is. Like yeah. he was a guy in my mind that was overpaid, but he was
0: killer in the playoffs. He was. Um, Ryan, do you have a thought on the trade? Oh, you're cutting out a lot, bud. Shit, that's too bad. Um, maybe take a second I try to reconnect. We got good. we got four and a half minutes. If you can try to get that figured out. Um, I, I, I wonder
1: too, though. You bringing up Forsberg just made me think of it now. Is if that was a sign, like if they did that to be like, hey, man, we're still trying.
0: Like, maybe I. Do you think that moves the needle enough, though? Like, hey, we, I don't. Ryan, I don't know. Come back, Philip.
1: I mean, I think Ryan McDonough is a top four defenseman easily. Arguably, he could play on a top two. Like.
0: And also, I don't know that Nashville necessarily had an option. Like, I don't think Nashville has a rebuilding opportunity. Like, Yo- Roman Yossi's in his prime, and he's mm. on, a, on a giant contract. Matt on like has, like, five years left. Just like the other day when we were talking about Dowdy, how he had, like, five years left. Yeah. Duchesne signed his contract around the same time. Um, Johansson I think still has 3 years left at the same cap hit as Duchesne, Mateus Eckholm just signed an extension like last summer. Um, this is not a team that's going for a rebuild, so I don't know if necessarily that's part of a sales pitch to Phil Forsberg like hey, we're still going for it cuz I think But I mean, from I think there is a difference. they they kind of still have to go for it like they're kind of locked in.
1: You could debate though that like with those contracts they could just accept that hey, we're going to be a 16-17 seed and try and sneak in the playoffs and make a run.
0: You think and teams saying, accept that? No.
1: I think so, yeah. I think it's like it, it could be an issue with Forsberg that like he's worried they're just going to be mad for the next eight years. True. And they're saying, no, we're going to try and win like full out.
0: Ryan, how's your audio? I don't know.
2: How we feeling?
0: You're good. Speak now before your mic stops working again.
2: Alrighty. I was just going to say that he is a great defenseman still, but I don't know if I love four by six seven five.
0: Yeah, it's a lot. Um, which is why like I'm very deal they have. which is why I'm very cautious because I bet you Ryan McDonough is still going to be a top four defenseman next year. It's after next year where I think it really starts to get dicey. Um, but I just I really don't like it with the uncertainty surrounding their literal best forward.
1: But do you want to talk about the Columbus part and like the waivers part of it?
0: Quick? Yeah, so um, a detail that came out, I think it was Nick Kiprios. I was listening to the Kiprios. Yeah, and um, they mentioned how basically the reason that he's in Nashville is because Tampa went to him. I would assume Julian Breezeball went to McDonough and said, so look, like you can either go to Nashville through trade or we're going to waive you and we've gotten word from Columbus that they're going to claim you. So you can basically choose between Nashville and Columbus. And so that obviously would have been a no-brainer for McDonough, given uh, geography. Nashville's a sick city. Um, and they're just in a better spot in terms of uh, winning. Um, Columbus is in a bit of a rebuild right now. And so, uh, ov- obviously, McDonough chose uh, Nashville. And another interesting tidbit, though, is that apparently Columbus is now interested in Muzzin if uh, Toronto <laughs> to move Muzzin. Well, it's the same w- guy. It's the same player. They would. Yeah. It's like I don't know It's similar near McDonald, uh, Not anymore. Yes, I know, Ryan. Not anymore, but it's similar, and it's it's a better contract. Two by five point six is better than four times six point eight. I think. I take
1: right. McDonald over month. even with the contract.
0: Even with the contract, you don't even think with it's, the contract. I think it's close with the contract. Like if it was for one year, I'm taking McDonough but with the contract, I think it's close. All I right. don't. Uh, we got I'm
2: it. with Jack on this
0: one. All right, we can uh, we can talk about it more next week. I bet you there's gonna be more to talk about. There might be a Muzzin train. I hope so. Right. I hope there's more to talk about next week with for free Last
1: draft.
0: Yeah. Okay. So I'm gonna stop trying to wrap this up and just wrap it up. Uh, that's it for this episode. You guys got anything else in the last ten seconds? Oh. Nothing. All right. Get the outro music. There it is. We'll see you guys. In-